Spirit fans. My name is Seth Askelson, and thank you again for joining us yet another edition of the Founders Podcast. This time, today's guest is OUAZ head softball coach, Justine Wishman. Justine, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Um, you guys were in the middle of a season where um, you knocked off some top teams, picked up your first win over a ranked team when you beat College of Idaho early in the year, and um, went on the road as well to pick up a conference uh, ranked victory. So um, I guess before we jump into kind of your journey to OUAZ, what are your thoughts on what the 2020 season is or was and, and where you guys were heading before everything got shut down? Yeah, um, you know, with this being a new program in university, um, each year, you know, we've been able to get better um, with our athletes and people buying into your system. Um, so this year was exciting. Um, we had a lot of youth playing. Um, and then the, the older kids that were able to play, you know, were contributing and, and showing them kind of the culture that we've tried to put in place. Um, this year would have been extremely most athletic team we've had um, in three years. Um, we're already on par of beating a lot of different categories um, from base running to on base percentage. Um, this summer we really tried, or the summer going into 2020 um, was our goal was to be able to uh, change our offensive production. Um, and so strategically, you know, I'm a, a, a runner. I liked all my teams to be aggressive um, when it came to base running. So, you know, our, ultimately our goal is about 120 stolen bases a season. And each year we've gotten better. I think last year about 65, and this year we're on par to surpass that. Um, and so I think it would have been great. You know, we had a senior pitcher. We had a returning sophomore who ate up a lot of innings as a freshman. And then we brought in a freshman who actually beat a national ranked team. I think we beat about five top 25 teams this year, um, and two were in the same weekend. So I think, you know, the future like Brighton, um, you know, it's unfortunate that it ended like it did because the unknown is like, oh man, you know, we're so much better and, and, and there was so much hype and a lot of energy was different with this um, third team here at Ottawa. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, you beat two top ranked teams in the same weekend when you traveled to Southern California on March 6th and 7th. You beat 12th ranked Hope International 4-3 to three in game two of that series and then followed it up in game one of the Vanguard series with a two nothing victory. So, um, I mean, as you mentioned, just a lot of, a lot of good wins. Um, and so for you, um, like you said, you wanted your team to steal a lot of bases. The, the team was very active this year. Um, and I know with the eligibility rules, you know, some players are eligible to return um, who were seniors. Um, I know I talked to one who said they were coming back. Um, so what is it like to be able to, I wouldn't say you have the exact same team, but you're still getting some of those returners, some of that returning leadership. What is that like uh, as you head into the 2021 season? Uh, I mean, for anything, that's a positive A, is you want to be able to give the student athletes the opportunity um, because, you know, no one can prepare that COVID or anything like that would happen. Um, you know, as a senior, you're kind of, you know, counting down the days, you know, hey, I have 10 games left, five games um, so there wasn't anything that could prepare them for that. Um, and so I'm excited, A, you know, again, we had youth, and B, the experience that the seniors have contributed and all those are coming back. 
um, on top of what we're bringing in. So um, just building depth and again, you know, being able to the returners that decide to come back from um, being rewarded their senior years. Again, they've helped me build where we are and they, they understand what we're trying to, um, you know, build here and the culture and the values and, and, and just as simple as extending the drills and demonstrating and kind of knowing, okay, the first 45 minutes, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and so that will be awesome in itself. And then hopefully they come hungry. I mean, again, that was stripped from them. So they know what it's like to, you know, come from adversity. I want to talk about a, a particular weekend, I guess that particular weekend being when you went uh, to Hope and to Vanguard and picked up a win over each of those teams. Now heading into the Hope series on March 6th, your team had lost uh, seven out of the last eight games um, and we're off to a one and three start in conference. And in that first game against Hope, uh, lost in five innings, 13 to two. So, I mean, things aren't looking bright, you know, lost eight of your last nine. It just, the vibe probably isn't good, but what flipped, what changed? Because then you beat Hope four to three the next game. And then the next day, the next uh, early afternoon, you beat Vanguard two to nothing. So all of a sudden you go from losing 80 or the last nine games and being one in four to conference to beating two of the top 12 teams um, in the nation and, and pulling yourself right back into the conference race. What changed? Um, you know, as a lot of those games we lost, we were just right there. You know, um, a lot of them we out hit our opponents and, there was a few errors here and there, and I think a lot of that was just lack of experience. Again, we were a very young team as a whole that were playing a lot of innings. Um, and so learning from our mistakes, again, I like to run an aggressive program, and we ran ourselves out of some innings, um, whether that was my fault, trying to get somebody, you know, an extra base here or there, or a miscommunication. And so, you know, during that time, we were trying to work on the mistakes instead of trying to keep moving on to what the initial game plan was and those kids buying in i mean they never lost sight of the goal um and conference just started and so that was a new season ultimately for all of us and then you know at some point you know it was playing with pride uh we got uh, handed to us at hope that by five innings and that was not ottawa softball um again there was a million errors we couldn't hit throw catch bad I mean it, it was we showed up like the bad news bears uh, and ultimately that that was our first um, road trip and so I think some of that was that you know we came out flat expecting things to go our way and it didn't and so you know we kind of had a little motivational saying hey the good thing is we can switch it around right here um, and ultimately you know we still believed in our team and and you know just try to give them positive because I mean you can't beat your head into a wall after you've lost that hard. Um, and still looking at some statistical things like, hey, they didn't beat you, you beat yourself. Like we're a very, very good ball program. And they believed in it and we executed the next game. And again, that was the turning point, I think, in our season. What was the bus ride home like? Uh, you didn't end up picking the sweep up over Vanguard, did lose the next game, only three to one. Um, but what was that trip back like? What was the mood with the team? And, and what was the mood? Obviously, you came back, um, and within three days, you went over to Mesa for the Sterling Scramble and uh, picked up a couple wins over there. But what was that mood like kind of on the way home and, and the following couple days after getting back from the road trip? Yeah, I mean, there was still a lot of positivity. Um, you know, there was a little bit of reflection at first, but 
letting them know, hey, you beat two top ten teams in the country, like, that's a huge accomplishment in itself. I mean, nowhere in Ottawa history has it ever happened. And yet you beat and competed three of the four games in 48 hours. Like, that's remarkable. Um, and we have things to build from. Again, if you look at things closely against that Vanguard, we probably could have swept them. Um, it was just, you know, a misquease here, a miscommunication. But again, that's youth, and we can continue to fix those small little pro those small problems. But the first thing you got to do is be able to to show them, hey, we beat so and so that was on the map. And so eventually, it's going to become a routine and an expectation. So making those beating those variables um, sooner than later is huge for just Ottawa in itself. It's like, okay, now we have confidence and we're just as good as, you know, the Jersey over there or their ranking. And so that was a huge moment just going home and those next couple of practices before that um, weekend because we ran a roll of really, really good respectable ball program. And I'm talking within 30 minutes of the game, I'm getting you know, text messages from other coaches been like, how did you do that? Like, how did you beat those teams? And, you know, really, really impressed and complimented um, our squad. And so that was very humbling at the time. What is that going to feel like when you come back? Um, not, I believe the players aren't losing any of their eligibility. So your young players who now have innings experience, real life experience, um, are still considered freshmen, quote unquote. Um, what is it like to basically have a restart with, uh, talented players that now have that experience that was missing come the start of the 2020 season? Um, I mean, it's going to be exciting. A, I mean, again, you're going to have a fuel that's, you know, lit. Um, they're excited to have an opportunity to get that extra year of eligibility and the unknowns out of the way. So now you can just play Ottawa softball. So that's going to help go a long ways. And then just building, you know, young leaders into the program on top of what's coming in. Um, and so I think this has kind of made us stronger as a whole. Um, there's definitely been a lot more communication um, outside of, you know, the program um, since they were, you know, doing everything from home. And so, again, it's, it's a different dynamic, but it's a better dynamic as far as um, a cultural fit. And then that's going to trickle in into the game. So, Well, you as a coach are um, no stranger to the big stage and, and big games. You were a former NCAA Division One head softball coach at Wright State. Um, I coached with Ray Loser um, back at uh, Charleston um, and then ended up making the move with him. Now he was hired in August of 2016 and then resigned in November of 2016. Are you able to give us any insight on, on what happened there in between those, uh, those three months? And, and what was that like when you found out that you know, you probably were going into the season thinking you were an assistant coach, and now two two months before the season, you're taking over an NCAA D1 program. Oh, I mean, we had accomplished great things. Uh, we were a Division two prior, went to um, Women's College World Series, uh, ranked eighth in the country, and we're top in a lot of pitching categories and a few offensive categories, and I could go on about those things. Um, so, yeah, I, I went with him to everybody kind of wants a taste of that next level. Um, and we worked really, really well together. I mean, he's a mentor, he's a friend, and um, things were just circumstantial um, within the move and, you know, different roles and regulations. And um, 
you know, it was very, it was very unfortunate times. Um, but for me, it was a good experience. Hey, you know, sometimes I'd, I'd been given other opportunities to be a head coach. And at the time being, you know, younger, I was like, ah, I'm not really ready. Like pitching's my forte. Um, and I, I feel like that was a version of God saying, all right, Justine, I've given you many job opportunities. You've yet taken them. <laughs> now you're going to come here and, and, and take over this program. And so it was a, it was a growing experience. Um, and it's helped me, you know, as a adult and as a coach myself, because I mean, you had to learn on the fly. It was like, oh, not only are the rules and regulations a little bit different now from division two, like the games, you know, faster, stronger athletes are different. Um, you know, your roster size is different and travel is different. And so it, it was, like I said, it was a very great experience just in the fact of, you know, you, you literally grew up overnight and you had great support um, where we were over there. So it was great. You coached there for two years and then obviously came over to OUAZ for the start of the program, right? Fall mm -hmm. 2017, first season 2018, technically. But um, what was that call like and, and how did you find out about OUAZ and what was your decision-making process and how did you process the ability to come out to Arizona and start your own program? Yeah. Um, again, being young in the coaching profession, um, a, it, was, it was a great opportunity to say, hey, you've helped start a program. Um, I was assistant actually the first year here. Um, and so Ray Lozier actually knew the head coach here and, and kind of, um, you know, helped me get this opportunity or this experience here. Um, and, you know, a division one and NCAA, it's, it's a different lifestyle. Um, here's more of a family um, planned environment. And so it was, I was newly married. Um, I'm still married, but um, it was good for me to be able to be home more. Um, and then the opportunity is my husband's in sports, ma sports management. So he actually works with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, it was a great fit for both of us career path where prior we were moving around from my career. So it was kind of a, a, a give or take as far as a family fit. Um, and then, you know, I liked, we interviewed with Kevin Still and he's a great Christian man and a great leader. And, you know, you know, people that know people in the system and ultimately, you know, you want your boss to, to be a person like Kevin. And so that was an easy decision right there. Um, and again, it's a special experience because universities just don't pop up overnight. Um, so we just thought it'd be a great fit. Um, and, you know, again, God tugging at you to <laughs> relocate and, and start something else because I wasn't really looking um, when the opportunity uh, presented itself. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you were an assistant uh, year one, um, and great assistants can really help build programs well. Come 2019, you are uh, once again in a f familiar situation going from assistant to head coach. Um, what was that like when you found out that you were once again in your young coaching career, as you mentioned, uh, going to become a head coach? And um, it, it almost felt like, I'm sure, you know, three years ago, you went from assistant to head coach and yeah. here you are again. What was that like when you found out you were once again becoming a head coach and um, becoming a head coach of a team that had barely finished its first season? Um, again, you know, I think it, it's part of growth and, you know, every time I, I step away, you know, somehow God tugs me the other direction. Um, so it's an opportunity to lead and be on a bigger stage. So 
Um, and I was just glad that Kevin gave me the opportunity to um, take over in that leadership position, that role, because you've already built relationships with, you know, the kids that are already there and you didn't have to start fresh in the recruiting trials because you already, you know, built relationships West Coast. Um, ultimately, from a coaching standpoint, I've been East Coast, I've been Midwest, I was in Nebraska prior. And so um, it's just neat to be able to see softball's growth and, and what it looks like from different regions and locations. And being able to help even friends um, out East and those other locations, I'm able to be like, hey, Susie can't play for me, but she would be a great fit for you. And still just helping kids at the next level um, behind closed doors. And that's ultimately what it's about is trying to help them grow as young women and give them an equal opportunity. So, As you mentioned, uh, you've kind of lived and, and coached and played uh, all over the country. Uh, born in Oklahoma, played college and coached college in many different places. And coming out to West, the West Coast, what was your first day in Arizona like? And what were your first thoughts when you, um, well, I guess, landed in Arizona and, and realized, okay, maybe this is a place we're going to start uh, to build a life? Yeah, well, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, I know I was moving to a desert, but I was thinking like, sands and sounds and piles of deserts. Um, I didn't realize how gorgeous it actually was. Yes, you could look up pictures online, but um, you know, just, it seems like you're on a vacation all the time. And sometimes you have to be like, oh wait, I actually live here. Like this is home now. I have mountains in my back door. I have palm trees in my front yard. Like usually don't get both mixes. Um, and softball's meant to be an outdoor sport. So prior I was in Ohio and you know, I remember kids getting excited that they were getting new beanies and parkas. And I was like, what's a parka? And I was like, you mean a marshmallow coat? They're like, no, a parka. I was like, yeah, a marshmallow coat. Because what you call it back home. And they're excited. I mean, our dugouts had heaters in them. And I was like, nah, softball's not like that. I shouldn't crack as many bats. And, and I'm sure Easton loved me with our contract out there. As many bats as you'd go through. But being able to be outdoors year-round is um, – the perfect environment for softball and and again these kids are amazing athletes they play year-round other places they have to shut it off because it gets too cold yes there's indoor um, workouts and facilities but out here it's like you're I went recruiting like a couple days before Christmas I was like this is not normal but it's actually kind of cool so that'd be the biggest transition I noticed when you look at where softball is um, extremely big and extremely successful, especially at the college level, the Pac-12, the SEC, where um, a lot of those places, as you said, you can play outdoors year-round. There's not a ton of snow. There's not a ton of weather restrictions. Um, what is it like to be able to coach and recruit in a region that is really known for its softball and, and in a state that I feel, in Arizona, that I feel is really starting to grow in terms of its softball community? Uh, I mean – I find it rewarding because, you know, when you're back home and, and Oklahoma's, you know, pretty good ball, but, you know, you get to go recruiting at Huntington Beach and the PGF Nationals, and that's places you dream of going. Um, and there's so much history in some of those older ballparks, um, you know, like your Lisa Fernandez and, and those older Olympian athletes were able to compete out West Coast. And now you're there, you know, either rubbing elbows, elbows with them and, and seeing them and seeing kind of like, wow, this is like, what softball should be like. Um, and so that's, like I said, that's pretty neat um, and different in itself. And then I like being able to recruit in-state kids. And so um, it's awesome if you can get kids from Surprise or local towns and cities because 
you don't necessarily have to go um, far and out of your state uh, because the state of Arizona is really, really talented in softball. So that's been awesome as well. Now, uh, OUAZ has grown a lot since uh, day one, definitely. Um, and the story that we always talk about here on the Founders Podcast is the parking garage story where you take recruits up to the top and say, here's this spring training parking lot that we promise will be a football field and a gym and a press box and all these different amenities. What was that like having to, you know, as an assistant coach, I'm sure you helped in the recruiting process and then obviously taking over as head coach the next year, but what was that like kind of giving that parking garage story and, and how does it feel to know, you know everything that you've promised, everything that you've talked about, everything that was promised to you um, is starting to finally build. Um, again, you know, coming prior to a division one level um, and you had contracts and people are giving you stuff left and right and, and you're blessed with those facilities. And then, you know, when it's brand new, you're like, wait, I have one building. Like, you know, it puts things in perspective that you took for granted. So, um, that was nice to kind of step back and be like, oh, like, you know, there is room for change and, and you can't take those things for granted. And, and now we laugh about it. Uh, we used to tell recruits when we'd take them on top of the building is you just got to use your imagination, you know? And so the whole process is just believing in, you know, what you're trying to sell. And, and it's amazing how many people were actually on board because I'm like, looking back, if I was an athlete, back then I'd be like oh I, I don't I don't know are you leave me astray is this really going to happen and so you know you got to give them a lot of respect um and a high five of hey like we're all doing this together and so just seeing not only faculty staff students like we're helping put this in motion and on the map and so um now we can kind of laugh about those things and you know, I even bring recruits now and I'm like, oh, now we have a gymnasium and we'll go up to an actual coach's office. And I'm like, this is way easier to sell than it was two, three years ago. And I'm like, you know, we just had a turf filled with nothing on it in one building. Like the future just looks bright and it's exciting. What now when we talked to Matt Gow, the men's soccer coach, um, he said that it was sometimes offices were just like uh, middle school cafeterias where you're sitting on long tables and you're kind of rubbing elbows with everybody else. And uh, obviously the offices that were the cubicles that were shared, you know, just a lot of different versions of an OUAZ coach's office over the last three years. What was that feeling like when you finally walked into your office and you knew, okay, this is something that's permanent. We're not going to move in a year. We're not going to have to move in six months. This is something that uh, I can call my own. Yeah, th that was really exciting, A, just having your own personal room and at a door and it, things could, you know, you could just talk about softball and hear softball conversations and strategize. You're not hearing about, you know, volleyball or baseball or whatever that looks like. And um, just a sense of pride. And it's like, oh, this is our new building. Oh, man, that's my scuff. I remember <laughs> hitting my coffee cup on the wall or something. I'm just trying to keep it as new as possible. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of like um, taking a weight off your shoulder again, knowing like, hey, like this place is moving forward and it's a lot of great times um, ahead of us and we can't be stationary. I'm not packing up my office a week later, moving from, you know, two or three locations to working off my kitchen table. So <laughs> it was really exciting. 
you have a good memory or a, a favorite memory of having to share your offices with uh, all the different coaches? As you mentioned, you're hearing all the, the different talks about the different sports. Do you have a favorite memory from having uh, to share with all the other OUAZ coaches? Uh, not in one particular. Um, it was nice being able to build those relationships because, again, coming from the D Division One level, it wasn't as – I won't say as friendly, but it was all business. And so, you know, your head coaches, you had this big one, us, nice thing, and then your assistants were down the hall. And it was like just softball, 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 maybe talk to the weight coach, athletic trainers. Um, and so he was able to be like, oh, I can have a relationship with a different coach. And, and ultimately, you can actually learn from each other. Um, whether it's like, I remember talking to some of the track coaches a couple of years ago out here and and like hey I want my team to be faster you any more like speed and agility or can you come out and teach my team how to run like and they're like really I'm like yeah like you know we just need to run 60 feet that's it 60 feet turn 60 feet turn and so being able to learn from other coaches and different um crafts that they were really really good at um to me that was some of the more of the fun times I had just again building that dialogue and learning from each other now, OUAZ, with that closeness, right, like you said, it's not all business with everybody, and it definitely feels like a family atmosphere. And uh, speaking of family, your family grew uh, just a few months ago. You brought in a beautiful baby boy. How's, how's motherhood treating you? I know this is uh, the first time around for you. And um, how, are, how are things going with uh, your new family? Uh, it's going well. He's growing super fast, um, just cherishing the time, being able to work from home. Um, it's opened my eyes a lot, um, other than I need a lot of caffeine, so I can't drink enough coffee currently, um, and my life is actually evolved around a little human being, so if he's mad or hungry or whatever, we gotta drop everything you're doing currently, um, but it puts things in perspective. Um, I think it's gonna help me as a coach and, and being able to relate to these student athletes um, on a different level. You know, it's going to help you be able to be more vulnerable and um, understand kind of where their parents are coming from. Because ultimately, you know, they're handing me their beautiful child and I'm supposed to, you know, help raise for nine months out of the year. Um, and so, you know, thinking about the future with my son, it's going to be like, oh man, eventually I got to entrust him with somebody else. And so I think it will be great for me as a coach to be able to relate a little better as far as that's concerned. Um, maybe not be so much business, 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 um, and, you know, just open your eyes to a different outlook. And that's kind of what I'm excited moving into the fall is kind of how does that transform me into um, a better coach. Now, when it comes to parenthood, uh, a lot of people say, oh, you know, expect the lack of sleep, expect, you know, the crying, the odd hours, things like that. Is there anything that you were really surprised about when you first, um, you know, being a mother and in kind of those first few months, was there anything that surprised you? Um, I mean, people tell you horror stories and I mean, he came premature, so he likes to sleep a lot more compared to a lot of other babies. Um, but I would just say, I don't know, not, not really necessarily, you know, just taking it day by day. Um, you realize how strong they are and tough they are, but um, no, not in particular. Well, um, when you think of surprises, definitely your program was one this year, um, beating top ranked teams and, and competing hard. And 
Um, obviously, those are things to build upon. There was no ending in 2020 in terms of, you know, a final record of, you know, you play your last game, this is where you're going and, and things of that nature. So it feels like really unfinished business coming into 2021. But for you, what does next season have to look like in order to feel that, okay, we made that next step? Yes, we've beaten top 10 teams, we've beaten top 12 teams, we've beaten ranked teams, and we're competing in conference. What does that next step have to look like to you in order to feel like, okay, we've made we've made progress again and, and we're continuing to grow? I mean, a lot of it is how much do they, they retain from it. Um, this year, you know, each year you're able to advance a little bit more as far as practice goes. Um, typically, you know, I, I try to build a program around athleticism. We're going to just build it with pitching first, athleticism, and then um, we do a lot of base running and defense. And so how much faster, you know, with the experience that we have coming back and as much playing time as the younger kids were able to get, how fast are we going to adapt, um, you know, the first week of practice, the second week of practice. I think that will be the big gauge for me. Um, and then, you know, just keeping it simplistic offensively, you know, are we sticking to those core values or do we have to go back and, and re-explain everything? Because, you know, ultimately, you know, you come in and, and you tell your kids, hey, you know, we've got a bunch of new ones. So spread out, you know. Um, the first thing they should be able to do is look to the left, look to the right. If everybody's looking to the left and the right, then probably I need to re-explain something. And so how much more of that are, are we maturing and moving forward will be um, the biggest feedback um, for me going into it. Well, I know we're all excited for uh, this coming season. I know I am. Uh, it definitely feels like a long time away, but that's what I felt uh, come August of 2019 and softball was right upon me. So, uh, Justine, we really appreciate your time. Is there any final words or final thoughts you want to give to the OUAZ Spirit fans, whether it be about yourself, about your program, or the school in general? Uh, I mean, Ottawa's excited. We're ready for, you know, August to be here. Um, and again, everybody needs to take care of some unfinished business and, um, you know, we're excited to bring new student athletes. We're excited for our returners and, um, just to help us be in a safe environment and, and, you know, a lot of people like structure and going back to that structure lifestyle. And I know for me, I'm ready to see our student athletes face to face and not do so much of the, the Skype or, or the FaceTimes or recruiting online and, um, you know, you, you kind of those funny things. You don't know what you got until you're missing it a lot. And, um, you know, just being able to appreciate them and, and be ready to move forward. All right, Justine. Well, we appreciate your time, and uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Go Spirit.